I'm Shannon Bream. I'm Bill Hemmer. I'm Kennedy. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Thursday, October 14th, 2021. I'm Eben Brown. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration approves a Moderna COVID-19 booster shot for some people. Are you going to take it? Moderna is the more powerful, more substantially lasting longer shot, but there is some amount of decrease after six months. The advisory committee said, let's give a half of the dose. This is the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration's Vaccine and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee voted to authorize for emergency use a booster shot or third dose of Moderna's coronavirus vaccine. The vote was unanimous, but not without some members expressing concern that the data wasn't totally confirming a need for such a booster. Some argued that just because data showed a need for booster doses of Pfizer's product, it didn't necessarily mean one was absolutely needed for Moderna. I think it's a matter of of parity. Dr. Mark Siegel is a professor of medicine at New York University and a Fox News medical contributor. He talks about why those who received a Moderna vaccine earlier this year seem to have developed stronger immune responses and what to expect when this same panel considers boosters for Johnson & Johnson's vaccine. We don't assume that because the Pfizer uh, vaccine shows a decrease in, in protection against severe infections and even breakthrough infections of any kind, that that wouldn't carry over to some extent to Moderna. Now, let me let me break this down for you. They, the FDA advisory committee had presented to them today a very strong evidence from Israel, which is really Pfizer's laboratory for the COVID vaccine, that there's a huge drop-off at all ages in protection against infection, and even from 40 above, in severe infection. Now, that wouldn't necessarily apply to Moderna. As a matter of fact, I've written in the Wall Street Journal that Moderna is a much more robust vaccine for a couple of reasons. First of all, the interval was longer, one month instead of three weeks. Second, the dosing given was 100 micrograms as opposed to 30 for the Pfizer. It's not exactly, it's a little bit apples and oranges, but that's a, a much more robust dose. Now, Moderna presented data today that basically said that if you've been recently vaccinated with Moderna, you have a 36% lower risk of a breakthrough infection. And they showed more protection, uh, you know, after, after recent vaccination. But, it, but they, they called it mild to moderate, not severe. And there's no evidence yet presented from Moderna that, that at six months or more, that, you, it, that it, it would decrease the protection against being hospitalized or dying the way we've seen with Pfizer. But I think the advisory committee put all this together and said, you know what, if there's some decrease going on, and if we wait longer, there'll be even more de- decrease going on. Bottom line, Moderna is the more powerful, more substantially lasting longer shot, but there is some amount of decrease after six months. The advisory committee said, let's give a half of the dose, which I think is a really wise choice, by the way. Evan, because, um, you know, I've already said here that 100 micrograms is a lot. And so I think 50 micrograms as a dose for those at high risk and those over 65, kind of creating some parity with the Pfizer decision is is a wise advice. And I believe it will be adopted. I know of uh, plenty of people, including my own family members who are senior citizens, who they got vaccinated immediately when they could earlier this year and when they had the chance uh, 
to uh, to receive a booster dose from for a Pfizer uh, vaccination that they they immediately ran to the doctor's office. Um, how how quickly should people seek to get a booster shot in general and specifically uh, if they are Moderna patients in this case? You know, one of the things the Biden administration has done way too slowly here is to adopt these strategies. I mean, you, it's hard to actually get a booster shot um, if you're not over 65. And, and, you know, of course, I can order one for my patients who I feel are immunocompromised or have chronic health conditions. But I think there needs to be more of a rollout, especially with this new data out of Israel. We're talking Pfizer now because there's an, an enormous increase in protection after the booster shot, a couple of weeks after the booster shot. Now, Moderna, you're going to see an increase, too, but I tell my patients that I'm less concerned about Moderna because it does seem like the protection is more substantial and lasts longer. Both are terrific shots. I think with Pfizer, they gave them too close together. But again, at six months, there's a new study out today uh, that shows that at six months, the rate of protection against hospitalization and death is still quite substantial. Another reason that we want to boost here, by the way, is that it's not just a, ma- a matter of preventing all infections. It's a matter of decreasing spread. And there's every reason to believe, even if we don't have direct facts on this, that if you, the more protected you are, the less likely you are to harbor this virus or spread it to others. That's another reason to get everybody up to the same level. What about people who are not immunocompromised and, and who are you know younger than 65? Is, is there a good reason in the future, after after some time, that we would want to extend booster shots to, to that part of the population as well um, because as you just mentioned part of uh, part of uh, getting people vaccinated and, and giving them a booster shot is to prevent spread um, you know someone who's a younger adult uh, their 40s they, they could spread as well couldn't they Israel is now currently offering the booster to everyone over the age of 12 and they're basically saying if you have uh, if you had the, the the second shot more than uh, six months ago, you get a booster now. If you want to maintain retain that green pass, if you haven't had COVID, they have a they have a nice carve out for natural immunity in Israel. Where if you had COVID, you don't need a vaccine for six months, and after that, you need one shot. There's a different uh, approach to natural immunity than the United States has had. But the the point is, I'm going to agree with your point based on the data just revealed by Israel today. I think everybody over 40 should have a booster shot if they had the Pfizer vaccine. Again, more of a delay with Moderna. Six months after having your second Pfizer, I think uh, if you're over 40, you should be eligible for a, for a booster, period. Moderna, uh, I think the 65 and half of a dose is a very legitimate uh, place to be right now. You've been listening to Dr. Mark Siegel. He's a New York University Langone Medical Center professor. And he's also our Fox News medical contributor on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. We'll be right back. I'd like to turn our attention to Johnson & Johnson. The uh, The same committee at FDA is going to be uh, now reviewing uh, data for Johnson & Johnson and, and the, the thought of a, uh, a booster shot for, for that vaccine as well. Uh, what, uh, what are your feelings on that? Because Johnson & Johnson famously was a a single dose vaccine. It wouldn't require a double dose or, or a follow up dose, you know, weeks after the first one. And there was a lot of talk about that being the strength of Johnson and Johnson because it would make things easier for perhaps maybe a senior population that couldn't get out so easily to get to a doctor's office to get vaccinated a second time. Uh, so what what's new about Johnson and Johnson and why would a booster dose be be a good idea for that vaccine? 
I think you've already covered the point. And by the way, I'd add one point to this, that there's a lot of criticism that the uh, Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine has not been approved in the United States when, when there's every reason to think that that's even better than the J&J in terms of two shots giving you more immunity. We, we, we're actually surprised in a very positive way that the amount of protection you get from one shot of the J&J is quite substantial. It's around 70% or more, and it's really protective against severe illness and hospitalization. I think we're going to end up with two shots of the Johnson & Johnson, but what I think the advisory committee is going to recommend tomorrow is that your, is that your booster for the J&J, which they're going to say should be, again, probably over 65, probably more than six months after. They're going to say that you can cross over and have a Moderna shot or a, or a Pfizer-BioNTech shot. And, and I think that, uh, that that's quite reasonable. Um, and, and that's what the recent data suggests is the case. Crossover works. You don't have to have the same vaccine you had again. And you're going to see that evidence with the Johnson & Johnson. Because you know what? In the United States, most people have taken either the Pfizer or the Moderna. Very few comparatively have taken the Johnson & Johnson. So when they're told by the FDA, you can now have a Pfizer or Moderna shot having had a J&J. A lot of people are going to get that. What led to the difference in thinking on that? Uh, because at one point in time, it was very delineated. If, if you had Pfizer, you must now only have Pfizer. If you had Moderna, you must only have Moderna, so on and so forth. So what's, what's led to the change in opinion? There's studies going on in the United Kingdom and here on this that have shown a substantial boost in neutralizing antibodies after the Johnson & Johnson followed by one of the mRNA vaccines. So this is based on science, not politics for once. So I anticipated that the reason it had to be studied is because there are different techniques. The vaccines work slightly differently. Their goal is the same. I'm excited about this. No, I can tell. I'm going to ask you one other question here about vaccines, and that has to do um, with children. You know, there's a push now by Pfizer to uh, get an emergency use authorization for children as young as five years old. And this certainly has a lot of trepidation among parents. Uh, I think if you mention the word myocarditis, uh, a lot of people might now get shivers uh, up and down their spine uh, because of some of the stories that we have heard, uh, even though we have not all read medical journals. So I'm wondering, you know, what what is the, the feeling and the consensus now from a, a clinical perspective on vaccinating young children uh, with uh, with, I guess, in this case, Pfizer? Yeah, you're asking me the most important question last. I think you sound like you've read medical journals. <laughs> I'm proud of something I've done, which is I, I, I have written. I wrote an article a couple of weeks ago urging the FDA to involve their advisory committee in every step. And it, it led I got no back from them. It led to them bringing in the advisory committee on this 5 to 11 group that's really important because some of the members of this committee are top pediatric infectious disease specialists, including Paul Offit, who said to me, I can't tell you if I give it to a five-year-old until I see the data. And they only studied 2,200 kids. But, you know, and he also said, we don't want to see what we saw with polio, where we studied 300,000 kids before it got approved and, and kids died as a result of that delay. So we've gone very fast here, but we got a pretty vicious virus here. It's not affecting young children nearly the way it affects older children, or, or rather adults. But, but it, is, it is not risk-free, especially when you consider long COVID. But here's the bigger point. I, don't th I think the myocarditis story was overblown. I think that you're talking about um, 1 in 100,000 to 10 in 100,000 kids that get a mild case of myocarditis. Almost all of them recover. This may be due to the fact that the dosing was too high 
in the in the team group. And again, the shots given too close together. Pfizer three weeks apart. They've they've decreased the dose to a third of it uh, for um, for children, and but they still have it too close together. I think the advisory co- committee is going to look at this very very carefully, um, and I do think it will end up as an emergency use authorization. But you know what I really think? I think that that has to be a decision between a child, the parent, and the pediatrician about whether to get the shot. I think we're, it's a long delay in getting these shots into pediatricians' offices. That's how shots are given to kids in the United States. A pediatrician is always involved. There should no be, be no mandate about this. We don't want to see young children forced to take vaccines when their teachers may not have. We don't have 100% uptake among staff and, and teachers. So the mandate part I'm a bit allergic to, but I like the idea of this go, of this being looked at by the advisory committee. I think it's a very safe vaccine. I think it will be safe for children. But again, pediatricians have to be involved. Right. Dr. Mark Siegel, thank you so much once again for being with us on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. My pleasure. Go back to reading your medical journals now. <laughs> will do. Thanks. <laughs> You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, in these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.